Hello everyone, I am Fola Shade Anose and you are welcome to another episode of the SNC podcast, a show helping you better understand the intriguing world of music, arts and entertainment through insightful conversations with African artists, creatives, lawyers, music and business executives. We are down to our final episode of 2022. This interview has been in the works for quite some time and I am glad that I was able to make it happen. Closing us out is Kunle Anikulakbokuti, an engineer, entrepreneur, and manager of Kalakuta Museum. You may know it as the former home of the legendary musician and activist Fela Anikulakbokuti. I spoke to him about running the museum, the intersection of education, politics, and history in Nigeria, the infamous Kalakuta Republic raids, and tips for African musicians looking to create a legacy. I hope you enjoy it. And of course, thank you so much for making our year amazing. Merry Christmas and happy holidays in advance. Hello, sir. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. How are you doing? Very fine. And you? I'm good. I'm glad that you are here because this has been a long time coming. And um, most importantly, as I was setting up, I was speaking to you about politics, about life, <laughs> about food and all of that. So I'm, I'm just so happy to have you here. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So before we came on, you were talking about, you actually said to yourself that this is your first podcast. Yeah. And that too, you consider yourself a quiet slash shy person. True. What was it like growing up in your family that you ended up being the quiet one? Okay, I'm the only child from my mom. And she overprotected me from a whole lot of stuff. Like, you know, when you try to guide an egg, like she will have a crack. So that, I would say, contributed to me being extremely shy and, you know, a bit laid back. Okay, that makes sense. So you're one of those Ajabota kids who their parents didn't want to suffer. <laughs> Not really. Well, I, I suffered growing up. You know, if if I have to talk about um, the raids in Kalakuta, police brutality and everything. So it was major. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. When you think of those moments or those experiences mm-hmm. as a child, I mean, this may sound like a stupid question, mm-hmm. but do you look back at those moments as partly historical and partly from a perspective of sadness. Do you get what I mean? Like, oh, this was something that I was a part of. It's a part of Nigeria's history, my father's history as well. And also just looking back at it as like, this was such a sad moment in my personal life. Yeah, it's both historical and a sad moment too because up to now, as an adult, I still don't understand why you, you want to arrest someone and you come in hundreds harmed. With someone that doesn't have a knife, talkless of a gun, you know what I mean. And you guys are coming in hundreds. Can you imagine a whole truck filled with police people coming for only you? And when they come, they beat up everybody. You know, ransack the whole building, destroy stores. Like, and they get him, they take him away. Like, what did this dude do to you guys? Is he wrong to say the truth or what? And as a child, how does that? How did you ever respond? Did you go and hide, or were you always like telling the people to leave our father alone? Most times, they, as a child, the the women, you know, he had twenty seven wives. The announcement when they are around is you see cannons of tear gas flying everywhere and the smoke tear gas everywhere. So I always try to reach out for me, like just get me to safety first. Then <laughs> it's crazy after that. It, it's it's sad that you know I grew up 
you know, seeing all those things, it was like a part of my life. The raids, I can't erase it from my memory. Sometimes I sit down and I have tears in my eyes, like, man, this country. And nothing has changed. You know, you don't have a voice. You can't, you say the right thing, you know, they come for you. That's exactly why I said, you know, like, is the, the way you look at it, is it part historical and part, it like is, you said, you it know? Is. Yeah. It is historical because you can't write Fela and the Kuti family away from the history of Nigeria. You know, what my grandmother stood for, how she fought. She she one of the people that even negotiated independence for Nigeria. But I think, you know, that came too early, you know, but it is what it is. Yeah, I, I, I have no words because I can't even imagine what that experience was like for you. I don't know, I always, whenever I think of the experiences that certain families have gone through in this country, I don't know, I, I wonder how, I mean, I feel like life goes on, but sometimes I wonder how they are able to stay patriotic sometimes when you look at what they've gone through, mm-hmm. you know? So just kind of moving on, you talked about, you know, your family and your mother shielding you like an egg, nothing, not, not, not wanting anything to happen to you. Just looking at your career, because when I was doing my research, I saw that you're a musician. You are also a fashion designer or fashion entrepreneur. <laughs> you a music producer. Um, yeah, but... To be honest, I don't have any works out there. Just did a lot, lot of research and I put a pause on it because I saw my son showed a lot of interest in music. So I'm just like waiting for him to be done with uni, then we could start working. So we're thinking of um, a label, a line, a fashion line. Yeah. Okay. Um, is this your first or second? Or my first son okay. is is eighteen. That's cool. What does he want? Does he want to become a musician? Or yes. I didn't ask him. He showed so much interest. So I'm like, okay, if he's showing this much interest, the, the only thing I can do is encourage him. And I told him, so what do you want to say? He wants to study music in uni. I actually wanted him to go to the school fellow I went to, but he's like, no, he wants, he will go maybe for his master's, but right now I should just let him, you know, search for whichever school is okay for him. Why did you want him to go to the school your dad went to? For, for them to, to produce a fella like that. You know, they should know what they're doing, but I think other schools know what they're doing too. Nothing special. It's just like sentimental yeah. reasons. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it's just always interesting to just get that perspective of. It has to be sentiment. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. When I wanted to do music, I had too much challenges. Like it was so bad. A lot of people said no. I would never do music, and it was heartbreaking. They were on my neck. That never, never, never. And why was that? It's just politics, family politics. Then my mom said, listen, you are my only child, please, let go. <laughs> so what did you not end up studying? It's funny, uh, I did courses on IT, I ended up in information technology, and I became a software engineer. Isn't it interesting that as the quiet child, you are the one who's the manager of Calakuta Museum? How did that come to be? I've worked with my dad. I actually worked with my dad as the manager at the shrine before he passed. And when Kalakuta was renovated and turned into a museum, the question was, who will run the museum on behalf of the estates? So we had one or two people that didn't deliver. Then I was called to step in. Did you have to take any, because your background is in engineering, did you have to take any business courses because you were going to be stepping into the role as the manager of um, such a historical... No, I didn't, but I had to navigate my way around everything. You know, few experience I had working with Fela. You know, I was a store manager as well. Anytime we were a tour in Europe or America. So you're learning, learning on the job? On the job, yeah. 
Okay. Sorry, um, I wasn't the store manager. I was his road manager. Different. Big mistake. Yeah. Okay, road yeah. manager. And what was that experience like for you, just quickly? Well, working with fella, ah, you have to be on your game. I would say, like no mistakes. <laughs> If you made mistakes, how did he respond to them? Well, you never want want to seem angry. It's not as if he's a bad, mean person. Not the way people like portray him. Portray him. You no, know I mean, sort a sweet person, but work is work. Even as a child, yeah, I love no, him. no, no. Work is work. No exception. Work is work. <laughs> That's it. So when you start working with your with your son, is that how you're going to approach it? Yes, it has to be work. We're not playing. When we are done with work here, we can have that bond, father and son bond. But when we have to work, we have to put in all we have and the best we can. I, I think that's interesting because I feel like, you know, sometimes children, because for you, it didn't seem like that fractured your, um, how you viewed your dad. Because from what you're explaining, that like, you saw it as, okay, well, I'm here to work. He's still my father. I'm not here to play games. Mm-hmm. And when I'm not working, he's still, he's still my dad. But right now, I'm working for... Felakuti. Is that is that is that how you compartmentalize that thought process? Yeah, it was just that. All right. Now, as um the manager of Kalakuta Museum, what's a typical day like for you? I feel like a lot of times people ask that that question. What's a typical day like for you? But some people, there's no typical day. Mm-hmm. So on a day to day basis, what does your job look like? I would say there's any typical day because you can't predict the traffic. And again, we don't. I don't think we, we have that museum culture here. People don't really go to museums because it's felt like that's why they are so interested, like curious. Okay, let's see what this man is about, his history. And funny enough, we have a whole lot of foreigners come more than Nigerians. I was gonna say, I figured that would yeah. happen. So that means they. I'm not sure if they know more about fella than us, you know. I mean, you know, sometimes maybe it's that whole proverb that a king is never really yeah, appreciated, appreciated in mm-hmm. his, you mm-hmm. know, home I, place. Yeah, I agree. Okay, let's just say we want to encourage Africans and Nigerians to come and start visiting the museum mm. more than foreigners. Can you share um, a bit about what is in the museum, especially for people that maybe have never even heard about Kalakuta Museum? Can you share what is in the museum and what they can expect when they come to visit? So what we have in the museum is everything about Fela. It has to do with Fela is personal belongings, family photos, bit of um, documentaries about him. That's it, basically. You have that as because I know I, I visited when you had the. Um, yeah. I forgot, the name slips my mind. What okay, is the, the, the um, artwork. Yeah, but it's an event that you collaboration. Oh, yeah. When you had the event pre collaborations, yeah, I yeah. visited. So not only do you have all of the artifacts there, mm-hmm. you also have a rooftop where you have a bar and people can eat, and then you also have a hotel where people can stay. Because I didn't even know that. I didn't. Hotel. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. about the hotel. Was that, was that a new addition, or was that always there? It was always there. It's just you know the the boutique hotels there for for people that choose to have like the Kalakuta experience and see what is like staying in Kalakuta. But it's not the real Kalakuta I'll say because you don't have all those people there again. Like Fela is not there, his 27 wives are not there, his boys are not there. But you know, just like yeah, I slept in Kalakuta. I mean, well, do you you take what you have now, yes, you know, no. you take what you have. Now in terms of the tour guides. Yeah. How do you decide on the people you want to employ? Because you just mentioned that it seems like foreigners know more about Fela than yes. we do. So when you're looking for for tour guides, are you looking for someone who has a vast knowledge of not only Fela but also Afrobeat, or it's someone who 
I really want to do this job mm. and you now walk them through the history. Okay, so this was up. Most foreigners do their research online before they come. They even like tell you what they've read online. So trying to get a tour guide is always a serious issue because one, you must be a fella fan. You must know about fella. You must have, I recommend books to them like, listen, you must know about Pan-Africanism, know about what fella stood for. So you have to read one or two books. Then you can understand the man fella, his struggle and his messages. So when people come and they start to question you, because you won't know who has read books about fella or any book that has to do with Pan-Africanism. And you can't answer basic questions. They're like, dude. <laughs> so has it been easy finding those types of people? It hasn't been easy. You know, it's been hard. But we have one tour guide that's, you know, has been there for a minute. Do you feel like the challenge finding these tour guides is connected to the poor education we have in this country? I think it's part of it because they stopped teaching history and the new generations leaving school now. I don't, I'm not sure the, the Gen Z's or what they call themselves. <laughs> what they call themselves? <laughs> Please go ahead, sir. You know, so no information, I'll say. And it's sad. They try to kill history because they are writing a bad history. So they, they try to kill history now. So the next generation coming won't have the history about the bad things they've done. But at the same time, do you think that it's not just the responsibility of the government, but us as people to go and seek out information? Because nowadays we're in the we're in the era or the society whereby people don't really want to read. I agree, but at the same time, is is the work of the government. You must educate your people. Why have a generation when you don't teach them history? Then you can tell them that some foreigner came to discover. You know, you're not teaching your own history, and the the Westerners won't teach our history. They'll teach what favors them. They pass that information to us. So it's left for our leaders to teach African histories. Yeah, I mean... No, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, they have to promote that, really. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you as well. I just feel like living education in the hands of governments is never going to be... Because people are going to... The government can choose whatever history they want to put out as truth in the educational curriculum but then if you have parents who are critical thinkers who tell their kids like okay yeah you learned this in school but you actually have to go deeper Mm. you know because nowadays it seems like one of the complaints that we have is that it doesn't seem like a lot of parents take interest in what their kids are being taught in school it seems like now and i use nigeria as an example it's about children going to schools that have accents every every child no you know every child that's an exaggeration but a lot of kids are going to school whereby the priority is on having a foreign accent and learning history from people that are not even nigerians it's it's the major work of the government i always say that i always stand on that so now i think they're doing this you know for their own benefit how can you have a country that you're not educating well so we've been left behind if you look at Europe and America, in primary schools now, they are teaching them AI. Can we ever get there? And you know how expensive education is in Nigeria. So parents are busy trying to make money. There's no middle class. It's rich and poor. It's either you are rich and have that money to educate your kids or you are poor struggling. So when you are poor struggling, it's what you get that you deal with. To your point, it's like, are we going to ever get there? It just, it breaks my, I keep on saying, I'm not, I'm not a bleeding heart, but to your point, it's like we're being left behind. Yes. Other countries, children in other countries are so far ahead. Of course. And we're here fighting about, uh, 
I don't even know. Is it ballot boxes? Is it irrelevant things that are not even contributing to the future generations? You know? Yeah, it's, it's where the government has put Nigerians. It's, it's a game plan to keep people's mind down. So if you're not educated, they can easily manipulate for their own benefits. There's a fella song. My favorite, my favorite fella song is Teacher Don't Teach Me Nonsense. So there's a part of that song that says that the government should, to my own interpretation and understanding, the government should act like a father and do the right things and educate people. You're totally right, sir. Do you feel like your father's songs have sometimes have dual meanings? Or it does. It does. It depends on how you, how you digest mm-hmm. as an individual. Because I studied music too. I studied classical music too. So I stopped listening to Fela a lot. Cause Why is that? Yeah. When I listen to Fela hmm, and I look at the nonsense happening in this country, I'm always heartbroken. Like, this man has been crying for decades and nothing has changed. It's not even getting better. It's like we take a thousand <laughs> steps back every day. If I tell you how much we spend on energy at the museum, you won't believe it. We buy diesel like every day. So how can we be in this 2022 and are wasting so much money on this where other countries are, are celebrating 10 years of no power failure or blink? And they are there just, you know, stealing the money. Nothing. They're, they're not doing anything left to me. I like how we've gone from... A tour guide yeah. in Calakut, but, but they're all connected. They it's are. all connected. It is, you know, you know, because even at the museum, if if you're coming to to learn about Fela, you cannot escape that politics side of Fela and the activism side too. So they're all interconnected. They totally are. Collaboration was recently. It really recently, recently happened in October. Not right. recently, it happens every year. When I say recently, I mean like yeah, it's a yearly event. Yeah, yearly event but yeah. the one for 2022 yeah, it was just was, was October. Yeah, yeah. How was that? Because I know that when I reached out to you then, you were super busy and you said, Shadi. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's always a busy time, you know, that October because normally we, there's a whole lot of work at the back to make it a success. We start with school debates, symposium fashion show, arts competition. So to get all these things right, it's serious work. We don't even sleep until it's over. Then we now start with the proper concert, like, you know, artists from everywhere around the world. And it's a whole week, non-stop. In terms of choosing the artists that perform our collaboration, the committee of yeah. people that decide, is it a collection of people that are popular or people that also share the same that understand what Fela was fighting for? Or is just any artist? Um, mostly people that share Fela's ideas too. And upcoming, we like to create a platform for upcoming artists to you know, let them showcase their art. And artists with hits, because people want, you know. You gotta have the hits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I look at your father's career and his legacy, it's one of the shining stars on the continent. I mean, you have lawyers and people that manage his, his estate, and mm. you see that that's why we still have Fela being still relevant even in 2022 and beyond. Mm. Now, looking at how your father's estate has been managed, even you being the manager of the museum, how has that made you, or has that made you more conscious of how you go about creating a legacy for your children and as an artist. Okay, so I'm one of the administrators of the estate. It's me, Femi, and Yeni. Uh, it's a whole lot of work with the estate lawyer. 
and it's opened my eyes to a whole lot of things like intellectual property, how to protect and and guide it. You see, in Nigeria, I don't think we we look in that direction because there's a whole lot of artists here with I don't know what they sign with their record labels, you know. But Fela is huge, and it's mostly foreigners that actually come for him. So as an administrator, it has opened my eyes. I've learned more on the business of music. It's not music has its own business too. So I've been exposed to a whole lot of things about music, its business, and intellectual property. One of the challenges I find, and I spoke to Miss Oye Wally, she's one of the lawyers who manages mm-hmm. your father's estate. I spoke to her is that we have this aversion in Nigeria or maybe in Africa to wills. But like, ah, I don't want to die, yo. I don't want to. <laughs> Everybody will die one day. Exactly. <laughs> if I do my will, then, you know, whatever, whatever. So, again, looking at your father's... You know, Fela, Fela didn't have a will. Mm-hmm. You know, his, his lawyer, Fela, not asked him, won't you write a will? His, his response, like, you, you want me to die? Are you praying for me to die? So, he never had a will. And I think he did that, you know, he, he knew what he was doing because he's a smart guy. Left to me, I thought he did the right thing, not having a will. Why'd you say so? Because if you had a will, there might be a bit of, how do I explain this? Like, not everybody might be happy with the will for fella being fella. So it's like, okay, you guys go deal with it. And the it's catalog. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and you know, he had a huge catalog too and he didn't sell it because he was approached by, was it Motown? Song, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I said, I can't sell my catalog. So, and I know people sell their catalogs, like the Beatles sold theirs to Michael Jackson, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that, that was a smart move, not selling his catalog. Oh yeah, I mean, I get the, part of the point about not having a will and then the family politics and mm. you know, all of that. But I think that sometimes, I think maybe, maybe fella's case is a good outcome. <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes it doesn't really happen with other families whereby there's so much rancor because one person didn't do a will mm. and then everybody's fighting about what they own or what they deserve whereas if you do a will then it's easier for everybody to know what's going to go where and who's going to get okay, what the, the problem with wills is that if you don't share equally then there's going to be a beef I mean but case, can yeah. you ever be equal though with wills yeah that's, so depends on you know the the owner of the will depends on what he wants but some kids might not even find it like funny like why did daddy do this why what did i do to him like so it might create create amenity among siblings you know what i mean which happens though yeah you see you see brothers in court over wills i'm like come on you guys grew up together <laughs> so so is it, is it safe to say you don't have a will me yeah i, I won't have a will because i have two kids and whatever i leave behind belongs to them I'm not gonna have a will. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like like my son, the, the the second one, the younger one, he's very outspoken. He likes to challenge me, and he, you know, anyways, he has the opportunity. He, will, he likes to engage and challenge me. So, and I write a will that favors his brother. I'm sure he'll come back to my grave like he calls me by my name. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Kunle, what what do you mean? <laughs> Are you re- oh my god yeah i would love to meet i love that kind of child who's like no, uh, you know very outspoken yeah, if you tell him to go out like, what do you mean don't go out are you not going out what do you mean like <laughs> i'm telling you you're still 10 say no i know i'm young but i have the right to go out too oh my god do you feel like your your father's spirit a lot of it is in your son yeah because i give them total freedom like my dad did he gave everybody freedom but don't abuse that privilege my dad has a look when he gives you that look you research your brain. 
Yeah, because I feel like a lot of times the stories or the perception we have is that Fela was such a um, very laid back father who, like, to, I guess to your point, he's a laid back father, but he had his rules, right? So he wasn't going to... Who says he's laid back? Oh, see, you see, so please correct me. It's not laid back. He's a typical father. I don't know what other people see him outside because the government painted him public enemy. So people have a different perspective res- about him. Like, ah, don't go hem smoker, this, this, that, you know. But to me, my next life, I want to have him as a father. Oh, that's yeah, because he has a good heart. I'll start with a very beautiful heart and extremely generous. He made sure everybody around him was fine. And we, the kids, will suffer it. Like, you, you don't worry. Let's deal with these people first. Let's put a smile on everybody's face. Then we'll come back to the family. That's lovely to hear. Thank you for sharing <laughs> that. About, you know. no, because it's true. Like, you know, again, it's one thing, because even when someone may see you and not know your... Um, your history, your story, mm-hmm. because of how you have been painted, painted by either the government or society. Yeah. But until you get to actually hear people who know the person directly, or you get to actually speak to the person one on one, then you see, oh, okay, this person is not what or who I thought that person was going mm-hmm. to be. Yeah, that's why you say you don't judge a book by its cover. Totally. Yeah, you, you need to know that person first, then you you decide. Now, final question before we go on to the fun random questions is. Being an administrator of a famous musician's estate, what advice do you have for African artists when it comes to... I mean, you don't believe in wills because <laughs> you have two kids. <laughs> but what advice do you have for African artists when it comes to creating a legacy? Well, there are Afrobeat artists, right? With the S and there's Afrobeats. So we can do both. <laughs> can join them together. Okay. <laughs> so or if you want to separate them, that's also fine. We have to, anyway, because they're not the same. You see, my advice, if you want to be a successful musician, you must know your craft. If you want to be relevant for a long time, learn an instrument. Be master of your instrument. Learn how to compose, arrange. You do have to be a producer, anyway, but just have these ideas so you know what you're doing. Most time, fella is in the studio. The producers are doing going off... From what he knows, he put them back on track. I listen, no, my music don't sound like that. <laughs> yeah, father's a genius. So, yeah, you yeah. tell them, no, forget you're a producer. I know what my music sounds like. It's not sounding like that, you know. So you put them back. Anything else? Well, if you choose to learn business of music, fine. If you're, if you're an artist, you're not a lawyer. You don't know the legal terms and when there's issues, how to, you know, face those challenges. You still need a lawyer. If we could manage our essay, we would, but we need lawyers to put us, you know, on track. All you need is just a good management. Simple. Good management. Know what you're doing. Be dedicated to your work. That's it. Okay. I'm going to go on to the fun random questions. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. First question is, what is one fun moment that you had with your father that you remember as a child? Hmm. Every time was fun with him, you know, fella for who he is. Always been fun being around him. But one fun moment I always remember because I, I lived with my mom. Same time I'm, you know, at Kalakuta spending time and he knows I'm around and I go to say hi. And it's like, you don't want to smoke it, bro. Take your. <laughs> I start to laugh every time he does that. You know? <laughs> so you smoke one day, I know. <laughs> Did his words come to fruition? Uh, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> all right. Second question is, what are two of your favorite movies of all time? Hmm. One is Scarface. 
and the second one, I don't know if you know it. It's called Belly. Yeah, the one with Hype Williams. Hype Williams, um, Nas, DMX. DMX. Yeah. Those are those are good choices. Yeah. That's cool. Okay, that's cool. Okay. Third question is, what was the last great book that you read or good book that you read? Mm, I'm a comic person, right? But books, I'll say Black Man of the Nile. I've just started reading what so I do a lot of IT books than either books, yeah because okay. I like to keep informing myself because I love IT a lot fourth question is when you look at your life what are you most proud of ah okay I'm proud to be very humble and focused okay. and quiet humble focused and quiet yes okay and I believe empty drums makes the loudest noise I mean they do yeah. <laughs> But sometimes, you know, eh. but those are, those, are, those are good things that you're part of. Mm-hmm. Final question, sir. Final, final question. Kind of goes back to your father. On a yeah. scale of one to ten, mm. how strict was your father? One. <laughs> he has to be very strict because he had a whole community with him. He's married to 27 women. But apart from that, he had plenty of women working with the organization too. You know, so plus minus, fell out like 200 people. How do you control 200 people? If you're not strict. I think that, that's <laughs> interesting. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Now, as we wrap it up, mm-hmm. what do you want to say to Nigerians or Africans to encourage them to come and visit the Kalakuta Museum? Well, Nigerians should start to dig into history by themselves since the government has chosen to kill history. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there, is there a work now to, to find their identity, you know, their roots, dig into history more and more? Just look into history, that's what I'll say. And the museum is open to the public. How many days a week, every day? No, no, uh, Monday to Friday, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Okay. If you choose to learn about the Kuti family, come to Kalakuta Museum. That's the museum dedicated to Fela. Then we have another museum in Nabekuta that is dedicated to the entire Kuti family. So it's your choice if you're in Lagos, in Nabekuta. And the one in Nabekuta is the one that, that was your family home, yeah, right? Fam- yeah. That has not become a, a museum, a museum yeah. right? Thank you so much for your time, sir. Hey, do you have? A, I know you said you're you're shy, you're quiet, <laughs> but do you have? Um, if people want to keep in touch with you or know what you're doing, my do socials mm-hmm. like Instagram, Facebook is what Kunle dot a dot Kuti on Instagram, then Kunle Kuti on Facebook. Thank you to Kunle Kuti. You can check him out on Instagram at Kunle dot a dot Kuti. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a few minutes to rate us on your favorite podcast platform. It helps the podcast get discovered by more people. Thank you so much. This episode is produced, edited, and mixed by Fala Shade Anosier. The show is powered by Non-Conform Productions, and our theme song is by John Akinola. You can check out the podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The SNC Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Merry Christmas and happy holidays in advance.